Today's New Testament reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16, and can be found on page 897 of your Pew Bibles. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today we read about bread from heaven. In Exodus 16, the Israelites have fled from Egypt. They are in the wilderness, probably the Sinai Peninsula, where they will be for 40 years. The whole congregation of the Israelites set out from Elim, and Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way, I will test them whether they will follow my instructions or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because He has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that, that you complain against us? 
And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against Him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for He has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine, flaky substance as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as you need, and omer to a person according to the number of persons, all providing for those in their own tents. The Israelites did so, some gathering more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, those who would gather much had nothing over, and those who would gather little had no shortage. They gathered as much as each of them needed. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over until morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and became foul. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, as much as each needed. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much food, two omers apiece. When all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil, and all that is left over put aside to be kept until morning. This, too, is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When you step back and you think about what we have just done, can you really believe it? We've just read words written 2,500 years ago, we think, and they describe events that occurred well over 3,000 years ago. And now, we're going to say that what happened back then is relevant to us living now. Yet this is what we believe, that God can speak a word to us through these ancient words. And this is what we do each week. We come back to listen and read and receive God's Word. Is it any wonder then that there are members of our family or friends or acquaintances at work or at school that, why do you do that? Can you really believe it makes a difference? And yet here we are. So what can this account written 2,500 years ago about a bunch of escaped slaves on the run 3,500 years ago 
have to say to us living here and now in southeastern Pennsylvania in the year 2017? Look again at the people in Exodus 16. These Israelites are the people of God, and therefore they are spiritual, if not our genetic ancestors. It is why Jews and Christians should always have a soft place in our hearts for refugees and immigrants. They're not a band of warriors. They did not fight their way out of Egypt through some armed insurrection against the Pharaoh. No, they simply ran. At first with the Pharaoh's permission. And then when he sent his soldiers and chariots after them, protected only again not by their arms, but by a fast closing sea behind them. Then consider their situation when we read about them here in Exodus 16. They're about six weeks in to their time in the wilderness. They have left behind the only home they knew. They're in a wilderness, a strange and intimidating place that they have never been before. There's no hope of returning to where they come from, and yet they have no idea where they're going to end up. And now they're hungry even starving. No wonder they complain to Moses and Aaron. No wonder they cry out to God. No wonder even Egypt looks better. They were slaves then. They worked under, in a cruel and oppressive society. But at least out of self-interest, the Pharaoh gave them a daily ration of food, and they don't even have that now. More than 3,000 years later, there are still people on the move fleeing oppression. More than 3,000 years later, there are still people who have lost their homes, whether due to war or earthquake or storm, and they do not know how they will rebuild where they will live. 3,000 years later, there are still people who are hungry and don't know where their next meal will come from. Even in two of the wealthiest counties in the United States, Montgomery County and Chester County here in Pennsylvania, there are people who have food insecurity. And some of us have known firsthand at one point in our lives what that feels like. But the wilderness is not limited to those who have fled oppression or lost homes or who have no food on their tables. No, we can find ourselves in a wilderness anytime we're in a new and unsettled situation. Any time when the present seems dark and the future uncertain and even threatening. Any time when we feel lost or scared. With that in mind, let us look back to Exodus 16. What happens when the people cry out? God hears their cries and God provides The Lord spoke to Moses, Exodus tells us, and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. The meat, we can understand. Quail, birds we've seen, you can imagine they're mostly on the ground. You can imagine the people killing them. Sure, it's a surprise that they show up in the desert But the bread, that's the really strange thing. Strange not only for us now, but strange for the people back then because it was a food unlike any they had seen. 
The word to get, they give to describe it is manna, which may seem straightforward until you realize that in Hebrew, manna says or means, what is it? What is it? They don't know. All they see is this white substance that appears on the ground in the morning as the morning dew dries. What is this stuff, they ask Moses, and Moses tells them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. What is it? What is the daily bread that God provides? Artists have their imagination, and you see one depiction in an ancient picture on the bulletin cover. Scientists have their theories, maybe a secretion from the tamarisk tree, maybe excretions from an insect or another that can still be found in the Middle East. <coughs> but laying aside the artistic depiction and the scientific theories about manna, let us return to a more basic question, the question the people ask, what is it? What indeed is this manna? Excuse me. Consider first, it is a gift from God. A mysterious surprise. They've never seen anything like it before, and they, there is nothing that they have done, done to grow it or cultivate it. Nothing they've done to earn or qualify for it. And yet, it is there. Free for the taking. As a gift from God, you might call it a miracle, even if there are some scientific explanations for his presence. But let's be frank here. As far as miracles go, this one's pretty unimpressive. Small white stuff on the ground. Not exactly a feast. And you can't even save it up. But it comes daily, morning after morning. So that all can be fed, not just Moses and the leaders and his advisors, not just the rich and powerful, but all the people. Those who accumulate are not able to enjoy a surplus at others' expense, so they might as well share what they have rather than try to hoard it. No, in God's economy, there is enough for all. Enough day by day. What is manna in our lives? How does God provide for us in the wilderness of our lives? When it comes to understanding manna in the wilderness, my greatest teachers have not been the various biblical commentaries on the book of Exodus that are on the shelves of carrying my libraries. No, the greatest teachers that I have had about the gift of daily bread in life's wildernesses have been those people I have walked beside in ministry or in my life before ministry. People I have walked beside, people I have watched and listened to and learned from. I remember in the first year of my ministry going to visit a deacon. He was very much in the wilderness. His 20-year-old son had just been hospitalized after what we then called a breakdown. And the diagnosis had come from the doctors, schizophrenia. And David knew better than most that his life and the life of his son would never be the same with that diagnosis, for he had had not one but two uncles who had had it, who he'd grown up around. Talk about life's cruel lotteries. I think he could tell that this minister 
fresh out of seminary, had no idea what to say to him under the circumstances. David was an engineer, a man of relatively few words himself, and a man who certainly did not wear his faith on his sleeves. But he told me with words I have never forgotten. I have never felt cut off from God's love. That's what has kept me going, and that is what will keep me going through this struggle. And that is what helps me appreciate other people's struggles. A daily bread, a gift from God that keeps us going and gives us compassion for other people's struggles. Sometimes God acts dramatically, such as with miraculous cures. But more often, the daily bread comes like manna. Simple. Plain. Not very impressive, but sufficient to keep us going step by step, day by day. Not a miraculous cure, but the calm that one of you told me that you experienced in facing major surgery. A peace which was unexpected and which you knew came from God. The man in the wilderness may not be the healing we pray for, but it may be a healing nonetheless. Manna can be the gift that enables a dying one to turn from anxiety to peace and then find the time and the energy before death to say what she needs to say to all of her loved ones and to give them a chance to say to her what they need to say. Daily bread. It can be more like turnips than turkey. One of you told me about teaching as a young man in a Christian school where you got paid once a month. You had a 15 month old child and your family lived paycheck to paycheck. It was long before computers, the checks came in the mail, mailed from the church headquarters once a month. But at the end, near the end of Thanksgiving, or near the end of November that year, right before Thanksgiving, there was some glitch and the check never arrived. And the only food you had in your house was milk for the baby. Nothing. But there was gas in the car, so you drove out looking for work and saw an old farmer picking up pecans under a tree, because this was down in Georgia. You helped him out, and he paid you in turnips. And so the food that was served on the Thanksgiving table, the only food that was served on the Thanksgiving table that year is turnips. But it was enough to feed the family it was enough to keep you going. And every Thanksgiving since then, you've always made sure there was a dish of turnips. Manna. Daily bread in the wilderness. The gift that God gives can come in unexpected ways in unexpected places, such as in a business meeting. I know a man, a faithful man, who was running a small business. It was one of several owned by another man. And the owner suddenly had a stroke and was incapacitated for a total of several months. There was no succession plan. So the man I know kept running this small business, figuring that's all he could do. If he could keep it in the black, he would have a future at his little company. 
But then the owner actually died, and the family called a meeting. Without any notice, the family said that this small business on the side, they would be closing. So this man wrote to me in an email and described what happened next. As I sat in the room, I saw where things were going. I started to think, what am I going to do? When it became my turn to speak, somehow out of nowhere, I said, this is what I would like to do. I listed off an entire business plan that until that point was never even a completed thought. And much to my surprise, everyone at the table seemed to agree in principles to the deal I put forth. Somehow out of nowhere, manna in the wilderness. There was no miraculous business turnaround, nor is there quick success leading to early retirement, but there was a business plan from nowhere And there was a business that kept on going and is still going. There's something we cannot forget about Exodus 16. We're near the beginning of the Israelites' time in the wilderness here. And I'd like to be able to tell you that if I had read to the end of chapter 16, it would have said, and they lived happily ever after. But you know that's not what it says. And you know they spent 40 years in the wilderness before they entered the promised land. And you know that there are rarely quick solutions for our problems, nor are there quick escapes from our wildernesses. I remember talking to a woman whose marriage fell apart. Her husband had met someone else and no longer wanted to stay married. Her children were no longer at home. She had no parents or siblings that she could lean on. It was a very dark place, she said. She could see no light. And the darkness lasted and lasted. But despite the darkness, there was manna. Not enough to erase the darkness, but enough to keep her going. She put one foot in front of the other, trying to look ahead and not look back. She kept working in her job. She kept serving in the church. She kept worshiping even when she did not feel like it. She kept praying even when she did not feel like praying. She prayed for help for her and her children. She prayed to stop hating her ex-husband. She prayed to want to forgive him. She prayed to forgive him. There were at least two years of darkness, she can now say, but also two years of manna. Often it came in the form of friends who stood with her, who sang when she couldn't sing, and prayed when she didn't feel like praying. Sometimes the manna God gives us comes in the form of other people, and sometimes we are called to be other people's manna in the wilderness. Two years her darkness lasted, but slowly in worship and in prayer, in serving in the life of the church, in receiving the comfort and help of friends, this woman found what she needed, not all at once, but day by day. Not a lot, but enough. Enough that she could even one day forgive that husband and find new life. Friends, you do not need to tell me that there are wildernesses in life. But let Exodus 16 remind us that we are always given a people to travel through life with and through wildernesses with. 
And let Exodus 16 also remind us that God always gives us manna, daily bread for those who are hungry and lost. Whether it's a people more than 3,000 years ago in a peninsula far away, or whether it is us, right here, right now. Let us pray. O Lord, we pray for our daily bread. And we pray that we might reach out to all those lost in their own wildernesses, that by Your grace we may be their manna. We pray this prayer in the name of the One who came to be our bread, the bread of life. Amen.